All right, welcome. So yeah, um, I did realize before, I think most of you know me, but in case anyone doesn't, I'm Warren, um, and it's great to be here this morning. Now I want to introduce you to my chili plant. Um, I am never been much of a gardener, but um, chilies have caught my imagination. Um, chilies, I love spicy food, um, and I do appreciate um, the odd craft beer. And I was when we were in Auckland, um, there was a guy who was brewing, and he was making this chili beer, and he had a bunch of seeds that. And I said, "Oh, what are you doing with those?" He says, "Oh, you can just take them." That's what it became. That's what it became. It's not turning into beer. It's just in ch- curries and curries and other yummy things. Coralie and Stu keep eating with us. So. Yeah, no, it's very good. Have you ever noticed how much God seems to love growing things? The Bible is full of images of plants and growth. I have wondered why God didn't set up Adam and Eve on a beach. Usually when we dream of a holiday, it's an image of a beach, or for me anyway. But he put them in the garden. In Psalm 1, who can tell me? What is, there's a person who's, who, is, who delights in God's law. And what are they compared to? Yes, like a tree planted by a riverbank bearing fruit each season. Winter, summer, spring, autumn, fruit. In John 15, Jesus is the grapevine. And what's God the Father? He's the gardener. God the Father is the gardener, pruning the vine to bear more fruit. In Galatians 5, what does the Holy Spirit produce in our lives? Fruit. Fruit, fruit, fruit. Byproducts of Him living in us and working through us. God loves things that grow. He loves life, vibrant, full life. And today we're looking with that in mind at a parable of Jesus. It's often referred to as the parable of the sower, but you'll see it's actually about the soils. So tell me, what is a parable? Anyone got a quick definition of a parable? A story with a meaning, nice, nice. <laughs> so it's basically, it's, it's, it's a small story, okay, punchy to the point, to illustrate one truth about the kingdom of God and to provoke a response. That's what it's about. Now this parable that we're looking at is recorded in three of the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark and Luke, three of the books of the Bible that follow Jesus. Looking at them, it's quite remarkable, considering how many years after this event happened, how many years after Jesus' death these books were written, so rough estimates 30 to 50 years later, it's remarkable that three authors, and and two of them probably had the other ones, ones to look at to jog their memory, but it's remarkable how similar they are. If, if you ask Bridget and I about an event that happened this week, you'd get way different stories than you get in these three Gospels. Let's read from Mark chapter 4. 
Thanks, Trish. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. And still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted and grew and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as was planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Where am I? Sorry. Here we go. So there we go. Again, God loves things that grow. They keep coming out. Now, reflecting on this story, this may seem like a pretty random and careless way to sow seeds. Anyone here with any experience of gardening in the modern era? Like, yeah, nice. From what I've seen, the machine plows long lines and you drop the seeds in the long lines. Uh, And I guess it gets covered up. I haven't done much of this. But that's what, that's what I see. And then you see things growing in lines. Not this one. The interesting thing is, is that this parable that Jesus is sharing would have been very common to everyone who was gathered around listening. They saw it all the time and they saw this method of sowing seeds. What they would do is that they would plow the whole field, not just in rows, they'd just plow everything. And it was a shallower plow. So it wasn't digging up as much. So they'd they'd plough it just to break it all up, throw out the seeds, then they'd plough it again, and the second ploughing would cover the seeds. That's how they worked it. And so a few seeds would end up outside of the ploughed area. Notice that Jesus doesn't say a quarter of the seeds were here and a quarter were here and a quarter. He just says there were some. So some of the seeds fell outside onto the footpath area rather than the ploughed area. And we know birds like to eat seeds. Again, the second one, the rock under the shallow soil was very common. Most of Israel basically had about this much soil on top of rock. And so anywhere that they wanted deeper soil, they had to work hard. They had to break up the rock. They had to dig it out and build a deeper seedbed. Soil bed. There was a lot of digging and groundbreaking to get there. The other factor with that is that with the rock just under it, the rock would hold the sun's heat. So with a deeper seed bed, then the, the, the heat goes through it all, and it's not as hot at the top. With the rock just under, then that's a warmer chunk of soil, and that causes the seed to sprout up quicker just as Jesus illustrated, just as they would have seen commonly. Next up, we see thorns. Now, thorns 
in this situation are weeds. Wild plants that don't belong in a paddock that's trying to grow grain. The weeds that don't belong but keep coming back. Who's familiar with weeds? Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Good soil requires a lot of work. So the picture to Jesus' disciples was very familiar. But they couldn't pick its meaning. They figured Jesus was talking more about than the gardener who was just down the road. There was something in this, but they couldn't pick it. And so they asked him, let's look at the next part. Later. Thanks, Trish. All good. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the, other, the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. Jesus said the farmers, the farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. So God's word is the seed. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, Matthew adds, and don't understand it, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And Luke adds, from their hearts, preventing them from believing and being saved. Jesus continues, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represent others who hear God's word but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60 or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So we have four different soils, four different responses to God's word. Interestingly, in the, in the chapters before this parable, in all three um, Gospels, Jesus is teaching, and he is healing, and he is meeting people, and getting a real variety of responses. The Pharisees, the religious leaders, are on his case leading up to this parable. They're harassing him, and they're the ones who, at this immediately beforehand, are saying he's possessed by Satan. I don't think they're the good soil. His mum and his brothers have been there just recently and saying he's out of his mind, and they're trying to pull him away from what he's doing. There are others who see things that Jesus does and they praise God. There are others who are inquisitive, and some become his followers. Many were seeing and hearing the same things, 
Just like the parable. Same sower, same seed. They were asking, who is this Jesus? And Jesus was saying, the only difference is the soil. Their hearts. It's their hearts that makes a difference to the responses. What is crucial in the kingdom of God, which is the focus of most of Jesus' parables, is not people's knowledge. It's not people's behavior and how good they are. What is crucial in the response to the kingdom of God is our hearts. So this morning we're asking the question, how is our hearts? Jesus offers four possibilities. Now the first one, the hard footpath heart. From what Jesus says, these ones hear the message, they don't understand it, and they don't pay it any attention. So chances are, if you're here today, this isn't you. But we probably all know people like this. Um, as we think of family, friends, um, who are in this space, I, I just encourage us to not give up on them. Continue to pray. Continue to stir up their heart. Look for wise opportunities to plant seeds. And let's keep praying for them. <laughs> Next up is the shallow, rocky heart. Now, this could be you if you're new to Jesus and if you don't have much understanding about this life of faith. Jesus warns you that your joy and your faith may be short-lived. But my encouragement is hold on and learn to dig because it doesn't have to stay that way. Your roots will grow if we dig up these rocks. And we'll look a bit at that in a little while. Next is the heart crowded with thorns. And the thing is with thorns, there's nothing wrong with them in their right place. On a rose, in a hedge to keep burglars out. There's nothing wrong with thorns, except where they, where they shouldn't be. The worries of this life, clothes, food, relationships, bills, there's nothing wrong with them. The lure of wealth, which can achieve great things. Desire for other things, cars, alcohol, boats. Jesus was teaching this parable from a boat. There's nothing wrong with these things in their right place.
what we've got to ask, though, is do any of these things have roots in our heart? The worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things. And truth is, in our age, materialistic, comfort-seeking, these are real challenges. Like our culture is based on our heart being full of these things. And so it is a real, real challenge for us. Jesus warns us that these can crowd out God's kingdom in us. Making us fruitless. If your faith feels dead, that was never Jesus' intention for you. Good on you for being here. If on a Sunday morning you're like, I should go to church, I really don't want to. Feels like a waste of time. But good on you for being here. Together with God, we've got to address this. Jesus' intention is for fertility in our life and in our faith. Life, vibrancy. That's the heart that's fertile, like good soil. With God's truth planted in it, there's a huge harvest on the way. A miraculous harvest. I, I paused and wondered what kind of harvest, what, what kind of things does God's word say would come out of our lives when we have his kingdom planted in us and we aren't crowded out by weeds. John 10.10, 10, Jesus said that he has come to give life and give it to the full the Rolls-Royce life, the Lamborghini life, the eternal tube life, whatever it is that you enjoy, you know what its best example is. And that is a, a shadow of a comparison to the kind of life God has given us. Galatians 5 says it's a life full of love. Who wants more love in their life? Full of joy. Who could do with more joy? Patience. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Overflowing with kindness and goodness and faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. God loves to grow good things in us. And the good soil gets a huge harvest. Who wants some of that? I've got a question for gardeners. When you get good soil, does it stay as good soil? No? <laughs> Don't want to debate that? Soil needs continual work. My hope for every one of us is that our hearts might be fertile like good soil, overflowing with the life that Jesus offers us.
But brothers and sisters, we've got to all learn to dig. We, we live in an age that is comfort-focused. But we've got to learn to work and to dig. Where we are shallow and rocky or crowded out with thorns, whether we are, sorry, whether we are shallow or rocky, crowded out with thorns or fertile, we've all got to learn to dig, to plow our hearts into the good fertile soil for God's seed. I've been challenged by this in my study. When I hear God's word, whether it's sitting here, whether it's reading in other times and spaces, do I let it hit deep? Do I give it my attention? Or am I just distracted with so many things? Do I seek for God to form something in me? I know how often I can walk away from a Sunday and then a couple of hours later completely forget what it was about. God has challenged me in this this week. Too often I'm shallow. Too often I'm overcrowded and I'm busy and distracted. I believe and I know there's been times when my heart has been like good soil. But it's not always. And I've been guilty, um, guilty of being lazy. This, this thing of digging, of plowing in our hearts, it needs to be a regular thing. And for me, I know it hasn't been. So let's have a look at what God's Word says about how do we get good soil. Like, okay, we recognize where we are. How do we get good soil? Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 3. And if you're, if you're not too familiar with the Bible, be aware this was written... A long time before Jesus came. This is one of the prophets. A long time before Jesus came, before this parable. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Do not waste your good seed among thorns. What is it? So some of you, again, will have more understanding of this than me. What does it mean to plow? Somebody help us out with this. What does it mean to plow the ground? To turn over the ground. Great. To turn over the ground. And my understanding essentially is, is that as you do, if you're finding rocks, you're getting rid of them. But you're also uprooting weeds. And you're getting air in there. There's all kinds of good things that happen in that process. Let's have a look at Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. That's a plowing prayer. That is a plowing prayer. The point of all of this this morning is not to look at anything, for me to label anything in any of our lives and say that's wrong. 
The point is for each of us to be able to come before God and say, Father, you show me. You know my heart. What do you see that's out of place? What do you see with these rocks? What do you see with, the, with things that are harmless are taking root and becoming thorns? This is how we dig, Vano. On our knees before God. And being still. Being still long enough to listen. Which I find hard. But I know I need to do. Seek me, Lord. Search me, Lord. Search me, test me. Point out anything in me that offends you. We need to plow up any hard ground in our hearts regularly. Establish a routine. I encourage us all to establish a routine to sit before God and to turn over that soil, turn over our hearts and say, Father, what's there? What's there that shouldn't be? Because I know you've planted a seed that promises abundant life. Establish a routine to be still. Asking him to show us the rocks that exist. Lord, Lord, where am I hard before you and unwilling to surrender? And Lord, where are thorns growing in our hearts? Where are harmless things taking priority over you and your word? We're going to join in just singing Refiner's Fire again. Um, my encouragement is to let this be a time of plowing for you. As we sing, Lord, we want to be holy. Refine us. Let it be a prayer and say, Father, show me what things you want to dig up, what things you want to uproot. Father, Create good soil in us as you plant your seeds. If during the song or afterwards, if you'd like to come and join me in prayer and others will be here, then please do as you need. Bless you.